0: What's up, guys? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. I have a very long episode today. I did not mean for it to be this long, but of course, I just got wrapped up in my little rants and then i have an interview that uh, runs for quite a while but i think it's really fun it's erica rose she was just on below deck sailing yacht she is the original bachelor villain she came on the show 2006 and she's been on so many reality shows uh dr phil she's been on vh1 she was on married to medicine houston uh She has kind of done it all, and she gives an insight about her journey on reality television, which shows are fake, which shows are real. She is quite the character, and uh, yeah, she's just like an OG of the genre, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that. Now, if you follow me on social media, you will know that I am officially on Patreon now. I launched it the other day, and I covered all of the Real Housewives of Orange County, shake up the whole casting thing. We know that Bronwyn, Kelly and Elizabeth were fired. Now, I have some inside info onto why certain people were fired, what was going on behind the scenes, why a certain cast member is the absolute worst. I get into all of that on the Patreon episode. I thought it would be fun just to make my first ever Patreon episode all about Orange County, because you know what? I kicked off this podcast with uh, Orange County with Tamara Judge coming on and I had some, you know, insider info and I just wanted to save that for the Patreon. So, please go and sign up there to get the bonus content. I have Tamra Judge themed tears. We have highly... We have, what is it? Highly prized and baptised and Jesus jugs. So, it's all about Tamra because you know, Tamara's really responsible for this podcast, I feel like. She's like the the patron saint of the podcast, and she inspired my Patreon. And uh, I really am blown away by the amount of people that have signed up. I honestly thought about five people would sign up for the Patreon. I have 40 as of the time that I am recording this, which I can't believe. And you know what? As part of signing up, I said that I would shout everyone out. I thought I would be shouting out three to five people, not 40, but here goes. Shout out to Scott. He was the first person to sign up. Shout out to Housewives Junkie, L, Lydia, Christina over in the UK, Katie, Mike, Amanda, Noel, Sarah, Stephanie – we love Stephanie, she's always um, in my DMs, I'm always chatting to her uh, – Dial Dan, aka Dan Elegrado, he's been on my podcast before, and I was just on his podcast, Dial Dan, which is a Patreon podcast, he usually makes the episodes public after like a week, but I made him keep ours paywall because I just – It was very unfiltered. Like, I just said things and I'm like, you've got to leave this behind the paywall. You can't make this public. So, yeah, if you... If you're a very rich bitch and you can splash out for my Patreon and Dan's Patreon, you can listen to me on that. Uh, shout out to Chloe. Shout out to Larissa, uh, from Australia. An extra big shout out to the Australian patrons because with the conversion rate, cause, um, it's, you know, I charge five bucks a month, same price as a coffee, but it's five bucks US, five bucks US. So then the conversion fee for the Australians makes it a little higher. So it's an extra big shout out to my Aussies, uh, much love to Chelsea, Lauren Rog, Shannon, Andrea, Satara, Stala, Dan Martinez, he's a very cute guy that follows me on Instagram. We love Dan. Shout out to Patrick, Susan, Nico, Gina at Dame's Who Dish. Love Dame's Who Dish. Candace, Kevin, Alana, Lorraine, I love Lorraine. Lorraine's been ride or die for me for a while. Shout out to Joe, who I actually work with. That's he's the one real life friend of mine that actually signed up for the <laughs> for my Patreon. So, love Joe, uh, Zoe. Patty, Patty's amazing. She's a juicy scooper like me. Yun-Yang. Love Yun-Yang. Jess from Hot Takes and Deep Dives. My girl Flo, who's always in my DMs as well. I love Flo. Star, Jackie, and Susanna. You guys are amazing. Uh, again, blown away by the response to the Patreon. And I have had a lot of good feedback about the first Patreon episode with all of the OC stuff. And I got into a few other things. So that was juicy. And you know what? um you probably want me to talk about the housewives today i'm not going to for two reasons we're running out of time and because it's already a very long episode as it is two nothing fucking happened the beverly hills episode was very boring uh we're waiting to see what happens with erica jane's divorce it ended on it to be continued i didn't even like watch the whole episode because it was a bit of a snoozer you know i get excited for the seasons when they start but then when i once it hits like five or six episodes i'm a bit like mm losing my losing interest and you know what the housewives of new york it's getting a little preachy it's you know i didn't mind it for a few episodes we're coming up to the eighth episode because i saw a preview next week uh ramona gets a lecture about kamala harris i can't it's yeah but apparently you're not allowed to say that so you're not allowed to say that you don't want to see um politics in every episode of the housewives on every franchise because you know now it's Every every franchise is having the same storyline and the same thing every single episode. But you're not allowed to say that. Not allowed to say that. Not allowed to say it. So whatever. Um, I hope you enjoyed Beverly Hills and New York this week. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get into some other stuff, shall we? So originally, I was actually planning to get into the call. Her daddy. Uh Spotify deal uh if you follow me on Instagram, I was posting about it a lot when it went down, and I said that I was going to get into it, but uh I had a look into it it's actually not that juicy; it was a very clean break. There's no drama between Alex and Barstool Sports. I guess uh, the most interesting part is figuring out what's going on with Sophia, but I don't believe Sophia has talked about this publicly yet. I did just see on my Instagram feed that she's dropped a new uh, episode of her podcast, Sophia with an F, but I have a feeling she's probably not even going to address the Spotify thing. Uh, I think she'll ignore it, but Look, regardless, something juicier popped up anyway than Call a Daddy. Uh, Tati Westbrook, the YouTuber, is back. Now, I covered the whole Frenemies YouTube drama last week in a bonus episode with Cho, and a lot of you really liked that. I got a lot of messages about it, a lot of people uh, we're just happy to sort of understand the whole thing. Cause I think there's a lot of people that listen to me that don't follow the whole YouTube world, but of course it's, you know, it's still interesting when there's a scandal on YouTube. So people really liked it. And people actually asked me to talk more about YouTube drama, which I'm happy to do. Cause I actually, I think it's pretty juicy and fun to, to follow as well. And, uh, not a a lot of the other reality podcasts don't cover the YouTube drama, which is strange because like it's really, it's basically the same thing. It's like basically a reality show. So Tati Westbrook is a really super famous beauty YouTuber. She's actually very old for YouTube. I think she's 38 or 39, which obviously isn't old overall, but in the world of YouTube, it's pretty old. And, uh, she ran a very successful channel and she worked with a lot of the really popular beauty content creators like James Charles and Jeffree Star. And then in 2019, this is the first time that I heard about it because I don't follow beauty YouTubers. She was all over the news because she dropped a video called "By Sister where she called out James Charles, who was one of her best friends, which was a bit weird because the age difference between them is very big. It, I think it's almost 20 year age difference between them. Uh, she called him out and she did this really long video where she was upset that he had promoted a rival vitamin brand or something uh she has these uh she has this vitamin brand called Halo Beauty and he promoted those sugar sugar bear gummies or something which is a a rival to her company so she does this whole video about him and she also i can't remember if she said that he was hitting on underage boys or if she said that he was using his power as an influencer to go after guys. Um, it was one or the other, but she basically like me too'd him a little bit. Harvey weinstein him. And when that video dropped, she got so popular. Like all of these people outside of the YouTube world that didn't even know who she was found out about her. She gained so many subscribers on her channel. Meanwhile, James Charles was essentially cancelled in that moment. He lost so many subs, he got so much backlash, people were like, he's the worst person in the world. Then, he did a rebuttal a while later to her, and he had some receipts of his own, and then it kind of, like, casted some doubt on her version of events, so then he started kind of, like, getting some more fans back, but people still liked her as well. So, they weren't chugging along, doing their own thing, no longer friends. Then, she comes out like a few months later with this other video called Breaking My Silence. And in this video, she comes out and she reveals this whole elaborate plot about Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson. Most of you guys should know who they are. So they're, well, they were like probably the two queen bees of YouTube. Shane Dawson is like, one of the original YouTubers. Uh, I think he's my age. I think he's like 33, but he's been doing it since he was like 20 or something. So, he's been around a long time. Jeffree Star's been around a long time. Uh, they were peaking in popularity at this point. And she comes up with this video saying that they were manipulating her behind the scenes and that they- Had told her that James had, like, James Charles had sexually assaulted all of these guys and that all of these victims were about to come forward and expose him. And she basically acted like they were puppet masters and had, like, forced her to do this video. And she apologized to James and she said that her and James had worked it out and they realized that it had been this whole you know, takedown plot and she and James were just, you know, she was a pawn in the game and James was the victim and that it was driven by jealousy because uh Jeffrey didn't want to be like dethroned as the top beauty creator because, you know, James Charles is like younger and has a, a younger, newer, fresher fan base and was getting all these big deals like, you know, CoverGirl, like mainstream deals that Jeffrey doesn't have. Jeffrey has his own cosmetics company that's very successful. So that comes out. So the backlash, you know, the response to that is interesting. First of all, it restores James Charles' reputation. Suddenly, we all love James Charles again. Everyone's subscribing to James Charles. Everyone's like James Charles was unfairly cancelled. This is redemption. People really turned on Tati because they thought, girl, you're like pushing 40, you're involved in all this drama, you're not taking any responsibility for your actions, like you really came out here, you went after James Charles, and now you're like blaming it on Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star. Now, Jeffree Star is kind of uncancelable, so he kind of just skated out of this, but Shane Dawson this set off a snowball effect that destroyed Shane Dawson's career. Okay, so Shane Dawson was fucking huge on YouTube at this time. Like, massive. Like, he'd been... I couldn't even believe that after so long on the platform, he was still kind of, like, getting bigger and bigger because he would do these stupid documents that were so bad on you guys. I don't understand why he was popular. I mean, I'm not a Shane Dawson hater. I just those documentaries, just stop. But this set off a snowball effect that kind of fucked his career because after that, this other YouTuber who I've actually talked about on the show before called D'Angelo Wallace, he does these kind of videos cancelling people, but they're very in-depth and they're very meticulous and long. And I think the one he did on Shane Dawson was, like, two hours or something. Let me actually look it up. Hang on. Okay, I'm trying to Google it now. I think the video's been removed. Whatever. It was a very long-ass video, and I watched it, and it definitely- there was some stuff in there that was really bad on Shane. There was other stuff in there, though, that I felt like, hey, girl, like, D'Angelo, like you're really reaching with this one. That's what actually made me side-eye D'Angelo, because I saw the the lengths that he went to. It like It wasn't enough to find dirt on people. It was like- He was just, I think he was connecting dots that really weren't there. But anyway, that destroyed Shane Dawson. Like, Shane Dawson has been on hiatus ever since then, like, (laughs) never to be seen or heard from again. So, Shane Dawson's cancelled. Then, Tati, already getting backlash from people, suddenly her business partner in the Halo Beauty line. Now, remember, the Halo Beauty is the company that she had originally when she did her first video cancelling James Charles, saying that he promoted a rival brand to her so she was talking about her brand halo beauty so her halo beauty business partner comes out sues her for 30 million and says that she breached like contract and she was like doing i don't know i don't know what the i don't really want to say what the deal was because i don't understand the lawsuit properly but they basically said she was shady and broke the contract trying to make money and stuff 30 million dollar lawsuit she disappears as well because at this point her her brand is in tatters people hate her and think she's just a ridiculous person and, you know, too old to be messing around in all this childish YouTube drama. They think that she is a liar and that she's manipulative because of the way she went about things. Now they think that she's not even genuine with her business because a lawsuit comes up. So, she's been gone for a year. Well, she just had a comeback out of- I actually forgot about her. I'd never- I thought she was never coming back to the public eye ever again. She just- dropped this sort of, like, 20-minute video explaining where she's been, what's going on with her. So, first of all, she says her business partner has been leaking defamatory things about her to drama channels. So, on YouTube, basically, they have these, like, drama accounts or tea accounts, and they're, like, you know, TMZ, but for YouTube, and they just- they spread gossip. I imagine that a lot of the stuff that they have on those tea channels is, like, not objective or is just BS, because, again, these people- aren't journalists. They've never even, even if you work at a tabloid, you still kind of like, you know, like a Star magazine or something. Of course, they print a lot of BS too, but you still know a bit about how to go about things and to, you know, go to people for comment and stuff, whereas the tea channels, I think, will just run anything that'll get them hit. So, she said that uh, these tea drama channels were, like, spreading stuff about her because the the business partner had been leaking things to them. So, that's that's one aspect. Then she says that she had to To fight the lawsuit, right, $30 million lawsuit. So, she's basically broke. So, she had to sell her LA house. Uh, I assume she probably had some multi-million dollar, like, man. Actually, let me look up where she was living. Give me one sec. Okay, yeah. So, she was living in Sherman Oaks, Los Angeles. She had a $3.8 million five bedroom house, 6.5 bathrooms. She had to sell it. She had a condo apparently that she owned. She had to sell that. She downsized and moved to Seattle. Now, I'm not super familiar with, you know, rent in America, but I assume that Seattle's cheaper than Los Angeles. She's been gone for a year. Not only that, she's married and she almost got divorced in this time that she's been around because she said that the stress was so bad that put all of this strain on her marriage. She got close to getting divorced. She lost her wedding <laughs> So, she was uh, donating clothes or something, or donating old jewellery, and she accidentally put her wedding ring in there, I think. So, she lost her wedding ring. Basically, her whole life was, like, destroyed. Okay. So, I mean, can you imagine everything? Like, you're going broke, people hate you, your YouTube career's over, your marriage is falling apart, you had to sell your house. I mean, it's, it's wild. So... She does this video, though, and she says that things are actually getting back on track now. She's still fighting the lawsuit. And I i don't know if she's in the right or the wrong with the lawsuit, to be honest. I don't know that much about it. Um, She says that her marriage is back on track, and she's very Christian now. So, I assume that she probably always was Christian, but, you know, you go through a hardship. Sometimes you lean into your spirituality more. So, she gets very Christian in this video. And then at the end of the video, it's kind of funny, she rebukes, like... Tarot card channels. So, I guess this is a whole subgenre of YouTube that I have no idea about because I don't really look at astrology and tarot or anything. But apparently, there's all these like tarot channels that predict people's futures and stuff on youtube and she specifically puts out this like statement of like i don't want any tarot channels doing readings on me you know i'm asking you uh i don't want you know the negativity over me i guess she thinks that it's gonna like summon demons or something and now she's like too christian and she doesn't want it around her so that was kind of funny and then she says yeah she's getting back to um She's getting back to her beauty uploads. She's taking the channel back to what it used to be. Um, You know, she brought a lot of this on herself because once you cross over into that drama side of things, it just, like, it opens a door where it's like you can't close it again. Like, when I had Blair White on um, in one of my earlier episodes, and she's definitely done videos where she's, like, called people out and stuff, but I think she got her little – taste of it, and she dipped her toe into that world. You know, I th- I'm pretty sure she'd done videos on James Charles and, uh, Jeffree Star, but then I- and she was sort of friends with some of those people, like Trisha Paytas, but then I think she actively separated herself from them, because it really is just such a toxic world. It's like, everyone's cancelling each other, so- Tati's back. Uh, I also saw. I think I saw this on Twitter. Shane Dawson's looking at making a comeback too. He's been gone for a very long time. The word is that he's working on a free Britney documentary because he was famous for doing these YouTube docs that I mentioned earlier. I don't think are very good. So he's working on a comeback. I don't know if he can have a comeback because the stuff that he was cancelled for was pretty bad. I think there was. I mean, he wasn't a pedophile, but they sort of like. I don't know, there was like alluding to inappropriate sexual things on top of him, like doing blackface in the past. And like, he's just got a lot against him that I don't know if he can bounce back. Uh, James Charles, of course, if you know, he's also being cancelled. He was busted for messaging underage guys on Snapchat. Now, James Charles is about, I think he's 21 now. So, I think he might have messaged a 16-year-old, or someone came out and outed him. I didn't follow it that closely, because you know what? Obviously, I mean, I'm not condoning it. Uh, I'm just saying that I don't know the details, so I don't know if it's like James actively was going after guys that he knew was underage and didn't care, or if it's like... Guys were messaging him and sliding in his DMs or whatever, but he didn't know that they weren't 18. So, the, obviously, there's a big difference to that. And he's 21 years old. So, people and he looks like everyone around that age kind of when you're like 21, it's like you could either be, are you 16 or are you 25? You know what I mean? So, I don't really know the details of it. I'm not a fan of James Charles. So, you know, I don't care, like, whether James Charles is cancelled or not, like, I'm not going to be following him either way, but anyway, look, you have all these people that, uh, all these YouTubers, they cancel each other, then they come back, and then they get cancelled again, and it's just a mess, but, uh, yeah, look, I'll be following, I'm curious to see, actually, let me see if James Charles is even still uploading, or if he has, like, gone into hiding as well, because I'm not sure, let's see, I'm on my computer now, James Charles... Instagram. Let's see if he's still posting. Okay, James hasn't posted since May 24, which for a uh, Instagram person is a very long time. And then March, April. Oh, and then before that, the last post was March. Um, Let me see his YouTube channel. Okay, yeah. So, James's last video was two months ago. It has 12 million views, called Holding Myself Accountable. I think that's where he addressed the whole thing. I actually did watch some of it at the time, but I can't even remember. So, I think he said that he didn't know that the guy was 16. I think he said that someone messaged, and then he, and then he found out that he was 16, he, like, blocked him straight away, but then other people were like, no, he did know, or, or some people said that he wasn't doing, he wasn't, like, checking enough. So, I think maybe what they'd said, because now it's sort of coming back to me, was not that he actively knew that they were younger, but that he didn't really bother to, like, verify, or, I don't know, fucking, I don't care, these people, they're losers. But, yeah, I'll be following the drama, so let's see what happens. Okay, I'm about to bring out Erica Rose, but I need to touch on Below Deck Sailing Yacht a little bit, because she was just on it, and there is a huge scandal on Sailing Yacht that I actually haven't covered that much on the show, and I don't know why, because it's juicy as fuck, I don't know why it hasn't generated more headlines, uh, because it's kind of wild for reality TV, so if you're watching the show... uh. There is a deckhand, Jean-Luc, very tall. He's American. Then there is a stewardess, Danny. She's Brazilian, but she's based in Australia. They start having a relationship on the boat. She talks a lot about wanting to fall pregnant and she's ready to settle down and have children and there's an age difference between them by the way she's 32 at the time of filming I believe he's like 24 but they hit it off they're banging like rabbits on the boat like every episode they're all over each other then the show premieres and then we see that she's pregnant and then, of course, we're all thinking wait, is this Sean Luke's baby? Because they're hooking up on the show, the whole timeline lines up that she actually got pregnant to this guy. We don't know if they're still together or anything at first. As things start to play out on social media, we realize that no, they're not together uh, and they're in completely different countries still. So she's in Sydney, he is in the US. Then she gives birth to the baby, no confirmation of who the father is. So, of course, we're all speculating that it's Jean Luc. Neither of them. Say who the baby is, and I I mean, who the baby's father is. And I'm thinking, wow, they must be saving this bombshell for the reunion. Then I heard from someone that Jean Luc doesn't even show up to the reunion. Uh, I don't know if there's a trailer out for it yet because I think the reunion airs very soon, right? So I've been trying to figure out who's the father of this baby. Then there's all this speculation from the fans. Jean Luc went on Instagram the other day and addressed the whole thing. Okay, so let me read out his post because this is a little juicy. And I actually feel a little bit awkward even commenting on this because I talked to a few of the below deck girls and, you know, obviously it involves a baby. So this isn't the same kind of gossip that we would usually go over, you know, usually I'm just shading grown adults, but it does feel a little bit icky because there's like paternity and a baby involved and everything. So I don't even want to give my opinion so much. I just want to tell you what's going on. So Jean-Luc writes... There's a lot of gossip about my social media silence, so I think it's time to clear the air. While others are off chasing their 15 minutes of fame, he's referring to Danny, obviously, I am working on a yacht in Central America and heartbroken to have to hear about the baby's birth on social media and read headlines like, Danny saws says her baby's father doesn't want anything to do with it. All I can say is she's my- All I can say is if she's mine, I want to be involved 100%. As someone who grew up with parents who weren't together, I wouldn't wish that on any child. Not looking for a pity party, just want everyone to know how strongly I feel about this, especially the haters who are so sure I am neglecting my responsibility. No one wants to know more than me if this is my baby girl. Now... Allie, who I had on my podcast, Allie's amazing, I'm actually trying to get her back on the show, uh, I'm thinking I'll probably get her back on after the reunion if she's still keen, uh, she commented on the post, she goes, no one is stopping you from getting a paternity test. Now, she's very uh, close friends with Danny and one of the other girls from the show, Daisy, who is the chief stewardess. They have, like, a kind of this online Instagram show that they do every week, so they're pretty tight. So, obviously, the girls are sticking together on this one. Uh, Then Erica Rose actually commented, okay, what did Erica say? "'As a family law attorney and formal single mother, this breaks my heart. Seems like a paternity test is the best solution.' Izzy from the main Below Deck, I've had Izzy on my show too. I'm reading this comment for the first time, by the way. Izzy commented, you do realise that when you send a text to someone that text stays around forever, all of the terrible things you've said to Danny, your self-absorbed behaviour and your complete lack of regard for Lily and her health and well-being. I guess Lily's the name of the baby. I should know that because I follow Danny and I'm friendly with Danny, although I've never spoke to Danny about any of this because obviously it's kind of like not my place to bring up this kind of conversation with her um so i guess the baby's name's lily uh izzy continues they're around referring to the text messages this pity party is pathetic and fooling nobody grow up if you're so desperate to know if you're sweet lily's sperm donor get a test and yes you'll only be a sperm donor regardless of any outcome you aren't a real father a real father wouldn't act like you have pathetic holy shit Uh, Oh, Colin. Colin is from the latest season of Sailing Yacht. He wrote, don't play the innocent victim here, JL. Man the fuck up. Okay, holy shit. Oh, wow. All of the, oh my god, the whole Below Deck, I'm seeing this for the first time, the whole Sailing Yacht cast commented on this. Sydney wrote, what is wrong with you? Courtney wrote, Courtney Skippon, she's from, she's from, I, don't, I think she's one of the famous below deck people. I don't know what season she's from. She wrote, center yourself in the conversation and then throw insults. Classic first steps to reconciliation. Okay, that's pretty wild. Then uh, Jean Luc followed up with another post a couple of hours ago, actually. Um, he posted a picture of himself as a baby. He goes, This is me at two months old, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then he continues. "'Had no idea my post from yesterday would generate so many different reactions. Since I can't possibly reply to more than 1,200 comments, here are some answers that should satisfy most.'" I learned of the baby's birth, not the pregnancy, on Instagram. Yes, I know paternity test kits are available at drugstores, but the goal is for us to take the test together instead of shipping saliva samples around the world. But yes, there will be one ASAP. No, Australia isn't open yet, or I would have already gone, so those of you who who are saying just go must not know that. We are truly on different continents, so easier said than done. Why am I sharing on Insta? Because it's the only way I have to set the record straight about me not wanting to be involved if the baby is mine. I absolutely do. It's also the same platform she blocked me on 12 31. Okay, so he's saying that Danny has him blocked. Why did I leave comments on when many of them are negative? Because it's real. Haters gonna hate and everyone is entitled to an opinion no matter how misinformed it may be. Good news is I also received a ton of much needed support. I also got a message from Danny last night on WhatsApp, dot, dot, dot. Oh, that's interesting that he put that in there. That seems like it should be private. Uh... So Ali again commented, she goes, I agree with Colin, keep it off social media and speak with Danny. This has gone way too far. There is a tiny living being in all of this with a stressed out mum doing her very best. This has to be enough now. You know this post isn't addressing anything that needs to be. I also wish you would have replied to my DMs. Doing this publicly feels so wrong. Izzy Chimes in again. <laughs> girl, what is Izzy getting involved for? You weren't even on their season. I mean, we love Izzy. Shout out to Izzy, but girl, come on. Uh <laughs> Izzy wrote, "Jesus Christ, you're so full of shit, dude. Every situation that you feel has been u- unjust towards you is all because of the way you've acted. Just stop already." Colin Chimes in again. JL, why do you continue to lie through your teeth? Please keep this disgustingly desperate attempt to save face and blame Danny off of social media. It's pathetic. We in her circle have seen firsthand how you've treated her for the last nine months. So again, man the fuck up and do what's right for this poor little girl and keep it off social media. Okay, this is, um, this whole story's wild. I, yeah, I feel icky even commenting on it, to be honest, because there's sort of a baby involved and everything, but. As you can see, it was a very good season of sailing yacht. Uh, I have heard a few little things, you know. Obviously, I talked to a few of the below deck people. None of them have would say anything when I asked. Because I asked originally when the first the rumors of Danny being pregnant were coming out. I asked around that point, trying to, you know, get some tea. Not one person would say anything. Um, so I'm I'm on the same page as you guys. I'm just seeing what's on social media. Uh maybe I'll get Danny on the show to 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 come on and and talk about it. But I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I feel weird asking her though, because it is such a sensitive thing. I'm not sure. I'm going to have Ali on, I think, just to chat about the season and there's some stuff that I want to talk to her about. Uh, So I don't know. Yeah. I'll see if it's a good idea to ask if I should have Danny or not, but you should be watching Below Deck Sailing Yacht because it's a fucking good season. And yeah, I can't wait for the reunion Okay, let me bring out Erica Rose and I will just tell you a little bit about her before we get into it. So she is the original Bachelor villain. I've kind of coined that term for her, but she really is. I'm surprised that she actually doesn't get more recognition for it. Uh she was on the show in 2006 for season 9. She went to Rome to marry a prince. That was the theme of that season. It was Prince Lorenzo. Uh I wouldn't say that he was the level of Prince Harry. He's a bit more of a you know, Countess Luann type of royal title, but he was a prince, and she wore a crown during that season. Then she was on Bachelor Pad season two and three, which was the original kind of bachelor spin-off before they turned it into Bachelor in Paradise. She was on VH1, she's been on Dr. Phil. She's just she's been on Bravo, Married to Medicine Houston, uh below deck sailing yacht, and we talked a lot about her reality TV career, which shows a real, which shows a fake, and we talked about some political stuff in the second half for the conversation, which I actually found was really interesting, because on Below Deck Sailing Yacht, she came on with a friend who was wearing a uh, Donald Trump bikini, and Erica was there singing Tatas for Trump. And I asked her about that and who decided to do that, and uh, Erica shares some insights into her personal political beliefs, which I think will really surprise people, and I thought it was hilarious. And then we talk about how she's a lawyer now because she did pass the bar unlike kim k no shade to kim k we're just keeping it real and she's representing someone at the moment a bachelor contestant who is a big trump supporter who was falsely accused by the media of going to the Capitol riots but he actually didn't so we talk about that a bit so yeah it's just interesting and then obviously we just talk about like a lot of trashy reality tv type things as well she's quite the character so i hope you enjoy her uh so yeah let's get into it remember you can follow me on social media at unpopular jp on twitter and instagram and of course i am on patreon now patreon.com slash unpopular jp thanks guys Okay guys, I have a true reality star here today. She has been on so many different shows and I really consider her like a true OG of the genre. Please welcome Erica Rose. Hey. Thank you.
1: Thanks for that awesome introduction. I appreciate it.
0: I mean, you're an icon. I'm like so excited to talk to you. Tell me like the different shows that you've been on because you really have been on a lot of stuff between like talk shows and reality shows.
1: Yeah, so I started, the first show I did was um, The Bachelor 15 years ago, and that was super cool, and then the coolest thing that came from it was getting to go on Ellen DeGeneres and her talk show, and she was really nice to me, so I don't know what that deal is, but um, from Bachelor, I then did a show on VH1 called You're Cut Off, which was one of the favorite shows I did, and I really want it to go on demand, because right now you can only watch like... Someone recording it on YouTube from like their TV, but it was the funniest thing. Um, And then I did some bachelor spinoffs that were called bachelor pad and those are on demand. And now it's turned into bachelor in paradise. And then um, recently, well, I was on the show married to medicine when it was in Houston with my mom. And then recently we did a below deck selling out trip and that was so much fun.
0: Yeah, and you've done Dr. Phil too, which Dr. Phil is like basically its own reality show, kind oh my of. my gosh,
1: it really was, because um, it was not real at all, like we were on several episodes, but it was very scripted, um, compared to like Ellen or other talk shows I've done, like, yeah, you're right, Dr. Phil is basically a reality show, because it's not real at all.
0: I thought so, because I watched uh, some of the clips of you and Dr. Phil on YouTube, and I was like, this is not real, like, oh this is gosh. totally staged. It
1: was so ridiculous, when they wanted me to act like I didn't know how much things cost, and just, it was so silly, actually, but at least it ended well, and they, the first episode was very scripted, and then they wanted us to come back, and at least for me to say that Dr. Phil helped me, like, change my life, so... <laughs> you know, he wasn't really mean to me.
0: (laughs) So you had to do the whole thing of like, thank you. Like I'm changed now. I've grown up and thank you, Dr. Phil.
1: (laughs) Yeah, basically. And the other girl that I was with, um, that I didn't know before this refused to do that. And so then they even had her back like the third time and they were like really mean to her and she was really upset by the whole thing. So I figured, you know, it's better just to give in to that whole situation and to deal with all that Dr. Phil drama.
0: Well, wow, you know, I'm not surprised that that um bad baby that cash me outside girl, she's oh come out gosh. and sp- spoken out. She's like out blown
1: ag- up, right?
0: Yeah, but she's like spoken out against Dr. Phil, against oh, yeah. some of the stuff like behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of like if you don't play their game, it's like For a lot. For sure.
1: It's the funny thing is to me that his son ended up just getting married and having a baby with this girl Morgan Stewart, who's like an E! um TV host and also she was on the show Rich Kids of Beverly Hills, that's how she started. And so she was like she used to be super spoiled and entitled um, and she's uh, now she's different, I guess, because she's working and she's a mom. But I just think it's ironic that that's who his son ended up with since that was the theme of our episode. So I yep. feel like Dr. Phil probably, you know, was having fun with the whole thing, too. But he's actually not really against. Um, he was acting in a character also yeah. when you we were on the show because that's how he is. He's really an actor to himself, you know.
0: You know, I consider you, like, the original Bachelor villain, because you were on in, like, 2006, and you were before, like, Courtney, Demi, Corinne, Mm -hmm. Queen Victoria. Yes. Do you you feel like you are kind of, like, the original Bachelor villain?
1: I actually do feel like that. I mean, I didn't watch avidly all the seasons before me, but I don't think there was ever, like, a, a Bachelor villain before I was on. And then, yeah, you're right, Courtney was the next one, and I actually became friends with her in L.A., And I felt like she was her own person, though, not really copying me. But when Corinne came on, a lot of people said that she reminded them of me. And I've actually become friends with her on Instagram, and I like her. But the one that I really felt like was the most copying was the Queen Victoria, just because that was literally wearing a a tiara like I did. And the reason I did it is because Lorenzo was a prince, and he, like, is a real prince, you know. So I did that to say, like, look, I'm a princess. And then... The producers and everyone just got carried away with that, with having me keep doing it. But I thought that she was when she did it, it was more random because Matt was not a prince. And I get that there was once a queen named Victoria. But it's like if everyone that was named Elizabeth always wore a crown, you know what I mean? That would just be crazy. So I, I thought it was more awkward when she did it, to be honest. It didn't yeah, really make I- sense.
0: I was going to say to you that Corinne and Victoria in particular were basically Mm -hmm. doing like Erica Rose impressions, because Corinne had her thing where she's like, I have a nanny, your thing was like you (laughs) have a maid, and then Victoria did the whole crown thing. It's funny. I know, it was funny. And you know, you were kind of like, so big at that time, because like I said, like, you know, you were on Ellen, you were on all of these shows, Mm -hmm. and it's like- because it was before social media. I know. We don't have, yeah, we don't have like gifts of you and clips. Cause I feel like if you had come on like recently, you would be in all of these gifts and everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And also because it was before social media, none of us, um, like I'm a lawyer, you know, none of us went on to, there was no such thing as being an Instagram influencer or like a full-time reality star like there is now. So, anyone that was on around the same time as me, we all went back to our normal careers or went into new careers. And we do like keep up with our social media on the side. But it's not like it is now where people like, I don't know what we were trying to do. I mean, I was really genuinely excited to try to become a princess when I went on Lorenzo season. But none of us were okay, this is going to be our career because it wasn't a career. So none of the girls on the season I went on, they all some of them were doing it for a reason to travel for an exciting experience. But No one was doing it for a career, you know? And so I think that's changed the show a lot, too.
0: Yeah, with Instagram changing the whole Mm -hmm. kind of franchise, so I guess when you went on, did you think of it like, this is a TV gig that's going to get me a media job, or were you just like, maybe I'll meet a guy?
1: So it was kind of both for me. So when I, I had graduated college... And um, I was in my longest relationship before my husband was during college. And then we dated after college and we broke up. So I was newly single. And I was also reporting on a local show in Houston called Wild About Houston. And then I was writing for a magazine and I was covering the social events. So they called me the society reporter. So I think that's why they listed my occupation as a socialite. But I didn't list it as that. Um, But anyway, and so... I did think it was just going to be, it was my dad's idea, which is really random, but he knew that I always liked watching reality TV, I guess. Um, I was super into the real world and just watching reality TV. So he saw that it was listed in like our Houston Chronicle. That's our newspaper. And he's like, oh, look, the bachelor auditions are coming. You should do it. But he said it kind of casually, like maybe making fun of me because I was newly single and watching TV. Who knows? But it was his idea, um, and so I thought, you know, why not? So I actually got, like called two of my girlfriends that were single, and they came with me, um, and we all like auditioned for it together. It was just at the ABC station, and I ended up getting a call back and then being cast. But, yeah, I was thinking, you know, since I was doing the local reporting, I honestly was thinking, hey, maybe this could help me transition that to doing it nationally, which actually it did not do that at all because um, it was the opposite. Like, I would go on then hosting auditions – and they would say like we loved your persona or your character on The Bachelor, but it's not right right as a host because hosts have to be at least back then fifteen years ago hosts had to be kind of more neutral, more likable, not like wearing a crown and you know acting really over the top. So it act like it actually harmed my hosting career, you know, which wasn't like an amazing career, but I did have a job locally, and since then never did. Um, so I was kind of just roaming around LA for a couple of years, you know, here and there doing events, getting little jobs. And that's how I ended up deciding to go to law school. Um, I just copied my brother into that, honestly.
0: (laughs) How produced was your season? Because, like, I was watching a few clips from your season, and it's like you had so many funny one-liners. Like, how much of that was, like, you coming up with it, and how much was kind of like a producer going, oh, you should say this, this will be funny?
1: So a lot of the one-liners were me, honestly, but there were moments that were very produced that I feel like they were inspired by me telling them stories about my that I, things I did like in college. So, um, I was actually telling them a story about one of my friends in college. It wasn't even me. And she hired her roommate to be her maid, like in her college dorm. And I thought that was super funny of her. And so they were like, Oh my gosh. So we want you to go up to Chris Harrison and complain that there's not a maid. And I was like, okay, you know, and I felt super uncomfortable about doing it. But I was like, I'll do it as long as it's not a- around the other girls because I didn't want them to notice that. Yeah. Um, but also that was definitely scripted because as a contestant on the show, you know that if you have a problem, like Chris, at the, he's not even there anymore. But at the time, he was not like there all day long. Like he only appeared to tell us like about a rose ceremony or give us a, He used to come and like give us a date card sometimes. I don't even think he did that recently. But um, of course, if you had a problem, you knew these were the producers you'd go to. So you wouldn't even go to Chris. So that was super scripted. They wanted me to take it one step further. And so I asked, they made me say, so I have to hire one of the other girls to be my maid. And I was kidding. And then they actually wanted me to go ahead and do that. But I was like, that's where I'm drawing the line. I'm not going to, because that would put a huge target on my back. I didn't want the other girls to hate me. And I actually became friends with several of them um, who came to my wedding, even Lorenzo himself, like Prince Lorenzo was at my wedding. And it was so funny. I was telling everyone we're having royalty guys and he's actually still single. So I was like letting all my single friends know, like, and they all missed the boat, by the way. I don't know what they were thinking.
0: Do you ever look back and wish that some of those more extreme things that the producers told you to do that you were just done? Like, do you ever look back and go, you know what? I should have just like tried to hire one of them as a joke.
1: Um, Not necessarily, because I feel like people take things. I didn't even know how seriously people would take things. So that was like the most surprising thing to me um, is even still, you know, but even when the show aired, people were like really angry about it. My mom literally was getting hate mail at their house, like actually in the mail saying, how could you raise your daughter this way? How come she doesn't know how to make her bed? And just like really mean spirited things. And she was really offended and like deeply hurt by it my dad not so much because he thought it was kind of all in good fun. And so did I at the time. But um, what I do wish is that when I came back to do bachelor pad five and six, I did it five years later and six years later, that I would have been like, okay, now I'm in my late 20s. I'm a different person. I don't run around in crowns. There's no princes here. Like I was only doing that because of him, you know, so I wished I would have um, been my real self because people grow and change a lot in five or six years. And so I felt like, My time on Bachelor Pad was super awkward because I was listening to them too much and I didn't like it. It was like almost like gross, you know?
0: Like they wanted you to still play that character even though you could change.
1: and at 23... you can get away with it. Like when Karim was on the show, she's 23, but you know, people change 23, 28, 29. Those are totally different ages. And it's like, I haven't worn a crown since our wedding. You know, it's not something I really do. And I, it wasn't even something I really did a lot before I was on the bachelor. I did it like once at my 23rd birthday, but like I said, I was doing it because he was a prince and then it sort of just became a thing. And throughout like every show I did, you know, in that ten-year period, they were always where Tiara, where Tiara. It was kind of crazy after a while.
0: Yeah, and people forget that, like you going on the Bachelor in two thousand and six. That was still a time when people didn't really understand that, like reality TV is just like a bit of fun. It's like very right. produced, and people yeah. do things for the cameras. Like people at that stage thought like everything was completely real. Oh, so
1: people were taking it way too seriously. But I'm still surprised at people doing that. Um, of our recent trip to Below Deck, the difference of that is that. Pretty much it's not very produced at all, but the producers did tell us it's produced only when it comes to the cast of the show, like the crew on the boat, but they do tell the guests ahead of time, you know, you're here too, and you're paying for a luxury five star vacation. So make sure to treat it like you normally would, even though these people, yeah, they're on TV, but they work in the yachting industry. They have a background. So make sure to do all the same requests you would. And we like them, you know, we like the guests to do that and nothing's off limits. So when I asked them to help me unpack, I really didn't think that was an abnormal request, considering I'd watched the show before and seen them doing that. Yeah, but a lot of people were like, so greatly offended that I did that and thinking it was like, so crazy of me. And we left them a pretty good tip considering like, even they were like, wow, they left us a good tip based on the quality of service based on everything, you know, so That was pretty much the only request I had the entire time I was there besides don't talk shit about us. And so I don't think that was an abnormal request. But so many people online and even that I run into are like, I can't believe you wanted them to unpack. I'm like, why? Like we were busy wanting to have plans. We were only there for three days. Like that was literally the only thing I asked them to do.
0: Yeah, so, you pay a lot of money. Yeah. People forget that with the the charter guests actually pay, like, big bucks to even go on. It's not like True. Bravo just pays for it's the whole not. thing.
1: People ask me that. They're like, oh, do you get paid to be on it? I'm like, no, it was a real trip. Like, we paid to go on and we chose to give them a good tip and all that's real, you know? Yeah.
0: So, so after you went funny. on The Bachelor, I mean, you did the VH1 show and then, mm-hmm. which is funny because you were on that VH1 show kind of around the time when those VH1 shows were huge.
1: Like, yeah, I VH1 know.
0: reality was like the big thing then. It was.
1: That's
0: was the- there other, were there any other VH1 like stars or anything on your show or was it more like civilians?
1: No, I was the only person that had been on reality TV before that was on uh-huh. that show. Um, So it was just regular girls, but they tricked us into doing it. Because And it seemed really odd when they reached out. They found me through having been on Dr. Phil, actually. And they said they were looking for people, for women like myself at the time that were in their 20s, you know, all ranges of ages in their 20s, that were still being supported somewhat by their parents financially. And um, But they didn't say that we were going to be cut off. They said that we were coming there to just have fun. They're like, it's going to be like the hills. You're going to be shopping around LA, partying, just showcasing off your lifestyles. And I was like, there has to be more to that because that show has already been done, you know, basically the hills. And one of my friends even was like, there's going to be a catch. They're going to trick you somehow. I'm like, no, they won't. Like, it's fine. But when we got there, we found out that we were going to be cut off by our parents. And so the way that they did that was they um, filmed our background packages. And then they had us go to L.A., all of us for a week. And we had to... um, Basically quarantine, but they didn't call it that hang out in a hotel. We didn't meet the other cast. We weren't filming. And then the crews came back to our parents and they said, okay, now that our phones were gone, now that we were there, this is the deal. We really want you guys to film something saying like, you're spending too much money. This is not, you're being cut off. And my dad actually refused to do it because he at the time said I was in law school and he's like, she's really not like spending out of control and she doesn't need to be cut off. But my mom thought it was fun. She knew I would have fun. It was, And actually it was a really positive experience and she had a feeling that it would be based on, you know, what she saw. So I'm happy that she did that, but she didn't have a lot to complain about with me. But honestly, it was a very fun experience, that show. It really was. And was
0: that show pretty, like, produced and scripted too? I saw one clip It didn't look very real. It looked fake, but it was funny. Um,
1: So it's funny because in a way it was, but at the same time, like, they really somehow, like, had us very tricked and, like, weirdly brainwashed To believe that if we did not like complete this like princess boot camp program they put us through that somehow we were going to remain cut off if we didn't make it through graduation that our parents were going to keep us cut off and maybe we thought it was like fun to play along with it. I don't know what it was, but they were just really that good. It's the same production company that does Big Brother that did that show. Uh And so we really like lived in this bubble and like they truly like kept us in this bubble where we actually were like, you guys, if we don't do this, we're not going to graduate. And like we all like chose to like truly believe that it was so funny. But in our minds, like we really like were very sad if we didn't pass like a certain challenge. And then they would pick like a VIP, the very important princess of the week. And it was like a really big deal. I got it one week. But, um, somehow we were like really into it at the time. So they did a good job with that. It was interesting.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Um, And then you went on uh, Bachelor Pad again, which was sort of like the original Bachelor in Paradise. You were on season two for the first one, which was, I guess that was a big season, because that was with Jake Pavelka, and he was kind of like the big Bachelor star at the time. I remember seeing him in the media, and there was like, there'd be stories about his ego, and- It um, was that,
1: yeah, it was a big ego, but I still thought he was cute. I didn't care, because he was the only guy, he was the only guy that summer that I really thought was cute, honestly, because think about it. He was the only one that had actually been the bachelor, so of course that alone carries a certain clout. And the other guys, I'm like, oh, they were just on the show, you know, whatever. But he was the bachelor, so it does have a certain like star quality, I guess, to him. Okay. And he is—he was. I haven't seen him in years, but he was a very handsome guy. Like he literally looked like a kind of like a blonde young John Travolta, you know. Um, so I would generally thought he was cute, and I didn't see um the mean spirited side of him that I had heard about, you know, from Vienna, who I'm still friendly with. So he didn't, he was, if he had that secret side, he was good at hiding it and it didn't come out at all, um, while we were there. So I only saw good things about him.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you were on that season, right? And I think you were part of, I would say maybe it's like the worst challenge in reality TV history. This is so awful. Yeah. Let me explain this to people and then tell me if I missed anything. So... They got all of the girls on the show, you all had to strip down to, like, these tiny bikinis, and then you Mm -hmm. were blindfolded and lined up, and then the guys had to come out and choose who they wanted to send home and who they thought were the least unattractive, and- They picked, like, they chose that by, like, throwing, like, these eggs that were filled with paint at you. And Mm -hmm. one guy, I watched the clip on YouTube, which Mm -hmm. was horrible. One guy, like, pegged it at you. Oh, my God, that was
1: Michael Stagliano. It really hurt. So that's when I was like, ow, like, I don't want to do this anymore. Was that emotionally, yeah, it was traumatic. But physically, that fucking hurt. And I literally... They cut some of it down, but I walked off and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is like abusive. Like, it's not just like my feelings are hurt, but that fucking hurt. And at the time, Chris Harrison said to me, which I'm sure he was told to say whatever, but either way, he said it to me. If you don't finish this challenge and let the eggs keep getting thrown at you, you're going to be eliminated. And so, you know, we were there competing in the game. So like at that point, like that damage had been done. But they did tell the guys, you can't throw it this hard. You have to not the whole point. The point of the game wasn't like to injure people. It was to humiliate them, I guess. But either way, they like they didn't throw it as hard. But what upset me was that I was told if I didn't finish that challenge, I'd be eliminated. And then a couple weeks later, it was the kissing contest. And they let Michelle Money and a few other people, I think, sit that one out because they um, didn't because they were parents. um, And so they didn't feel that was appropriate. But I felt like for sure on that show, it was also um, playing favorites in that regard. And then on another challenge, they were told tricks in order to win it. The time that Blake and I got really close to winning this questions challenge, they were given tips to help them win. So it wasn't entirely a fair show, even though it was a game show. And so they actually had like an attorney on set. Um, Who was there to make sure because of the fact that it wasn't just like Bachelor in Paradise, like we were competing for money, whatever. So they were supposed to be complying. But honestly, the rules got bended a lot. But yeah, that was really hard that I just thought it was unfair that they said you'll be eliminated if you don't sit here and let yourself be humiliated. You know, but then for other people there was different roles.
0: Yeah, so you just felt like you felt the pressure to stay. After it happened, Were you? did you kind of consider quitting the show after it or were you just sort of in shock a bit? I was in shock. Because it's like a lot to go through.
1: Yeah, I was definitely in shock and people brought it up since then um, that it was kind of like a PTSD in its own way. And they brought it up like, did you guys have therapists on the show? No, we didn't. There was a psychiatrist who like evaluated people. Her name was Dr. Selden. And she was mainly there if you take any type of prescription medicine for sleep, ADD, whatever it might be, anxiety. She was there to, like, make sure you were taking it. But there was never a therapist offered. Um, The only people there to talk to about your feelings was an actual producer who was not someone really to confide in because anything you're confiding to them, they were sitting there recording it, putting it on camera. So definitely I was in shock. And um, looking back at that kind of year was really weird for me because I was also in law school. So I was just kind of on the go nonstop and I didn't even really process it at all. And I just came back to my normal life. And then for some reason I was such in that um, mentality that I thought the only way to fix this is to go on bachelor pad three. And somehow that's what I was convinced. Like that's why I did bachelor pad season three was that I really believed that somehow like the way to work through that issue that I had from doing it was going to be going back on bachelor pad three I needed to find someone, like, a relationship on that show. And that was, like, really what I believed because I was, like, like brainwashed, I feel like, is the best way to say it. And I hadn't gone to therapy or anything like that that year. And then suddenly, it's weird because my experience on Bachelor Pad 3 wasn't as traumatic. But for some reason, it was more negative to me because it didn't live up to this, like, fantasy I had hoped for with it. And so it was really after Bachelor Pad Season 3 that I started feeling really upset, you know, and feeling Really depressed, actually, for the first time in my life. Um, Never had I felt that way or since then. And so then was when I first went to therapy for the first time in my entire life and realized that I had a little bit of PTSD, actually, from my time on the show. And, you know, I paid for my own therapy. I didn't really ask them to, but I did share with some of the producers what I was going through at the time because they still kept in touch with me after that. They still invited me back to the house for some anniversary party they had there, you know, and they and they since then they invited me to a couple of the weddings and things like that. So I kept I don't know. They knew it was hard for me, but they didn't really try to do anything about it. But that was also around the same time that someone else from, like, season two had committed suicide. Like, it was a really, yeah. And I know that her time on the show was harmful to her because we were friends and we did stay in touch. But at the same time, none of us knew that that's what she was going through. We thought she was, we had met her boyfriend. We thought they were happy. We kept in touch a lot. I tried to get together with her when I was in New Orleans. And then, so when it happened, we were all shocked by it. Because from the outside, she seemed happy and she didn't really share with most of us a lot of her struggles you know
0: well I guess it's the high of coming off the show like because you said that you kind of had a crash after season Mm -hmm. three so it's like you've been in this world and then once it's taken away it that's has to be like
1: yeah that was also weird but because I was like so sad after season three I also didn't do a lot of things like I would be asked to come on this appearance or do this other thing and I really didn't want to I kind of like retreated for almost like a year I mean not a full year but for like a while um, took like a big time out in my life. I really, like I said, went to therapy and just like had some time to reflect. It wasn't really a happy year. Like nothing fun was happening, but I was 29. And I think just like about to be turning 30 made me want to reflect a lot. I was kind of like, I saw all my normal friends, like, like we're not in reality TV. My friends were getting married. Some of them, like my best friend since I was two was pregnant. And so it was kind of like, wow, what the F am I doing with my life? That's what I started thinking. Like, I went to like a normal college, like I was in a serious relationship, I could have had like a very happy, normal life. And I chose to like go and horse around on reality TV. At the time, it had been like six or seven years. And I'm like, look where it's gotten me. In my mind, it didn't get me anywhere. Like I passed by relationships because I was being single for the show. And also then I would compare guys in real life to the guys on the show. And in real life, they, of course, don't all have a six pack and they don't all look like a Ken doll, but... They could still be more authentic and a nice person, but I still wasn't thinking like that. So it was just like a really important year for me to reflect. Like I had graduated law school, but I didn't even have the attention span to pass my bar exam yet. Now I'm a lawyer and I did since then. But it was just a weird time. I was kind of like, what am I doing with my life? And I was receiving a lot of negativity online about things like that too. Like, oh, she graduated law school, but she hasn't taken her bar exam, you know? And just, oh, she's going to be single forever. I remember I was in Us Weekly Um, A picture of me from this ABC event, and it was like a floral dress, and they said, "Always a flower girl, never a bride," and just like really things like that. Because at 23, that's not going to get to you, and it didn't. But at 29, yeah, it started getting to me. All the negativity, any little negative Instagram post or tweet at me, I got a lot of negative tweets through this incident with Reality Steve, also, and that was like too much for me. So I like moved back to Houston from LA at that point. Um, even though I ended up moving back there later, now I'm back here. But the point is like, it was definitely a time where I was like, I need to be around my family and really, really close friends from home because like, I can't deal with this right now.
0: Once you're in that Bachelor world, do you like feel the pressure of you have to date someone else that's on The Bachelor? Yeah,
1: you really do. And for me, that just like never happened. You know, even though there are guys from the franchise that people don't know of about that I hooked up with or whatever back in the day when we were all single at different parties and things. But no, I never had like a Bachelor um, romance publicly, a relationship. And that was always like a thing. Like I always did feel that pressure and always feel that like disappointment like oh no why don't maybe i'm just not their type like why aren't these things working out and that's okay but at the time it didn't feel like that
0: you know what it would have been like back then when you were doing it because you were more of like a villain and more of a mm-hmm. character the guys mm-hmm. probably were like happy to you know hang out with you off camera but yeah probably think oh for my image i don't want to be with erica rose Whereas true If it was today, they would want to be with Erica Rose because they'd be like, "Oh, Erica Rose is the one in the headlines, and Mm -hmm. she's the you know the big personality. Like we all want Erica." Whereas back then, it's just like it's a different way of navigating this. Back then, they wanted
1: the very plain, like not plain looking, but the most like level headed, you know, normal girl that wasn't the weird one, not the crazy one, not the funny one. The very, like, classic one, you know, the teacher, or just the one that was like, I'm going to be so normal on camera, all American, like, it was just so different, and it's so funny, the different mentality that's changed since then, too.
0: Well, you see people go in now, and they'll have someone that was like a villain on The Bachelor, and then they'll find love on Paradise, and it'll completely change their image, and they'll become like a big star, like, the coach Crystal from Ari's season, she Mm -hmm. was- a big villain and then she went on paradise and then she found love and like everyone loves her now so. it's true i
1: know it is really weird and that's kind of what i was hoping for on bachelor pad but i guess that was before when they that was before the time where they had decided about letting women or men or anyone change their image so that's yeah. really what i was hoping for but it just wasn't what they wanted and I actually don't know if I've ever done. That. I mean, when I did recently below deck, I felt like I really was just being myself and I was not acting or anything weird. And so that was nice. So if someone it's like when you go on something and you're being yourself, if someone wants to complain about something you chose to say and do, that's okay. It was just frustrating when you were being told to still act a certain way or say and do certain things and then you're getting attacked for it. And yet you never get the chance to like redeem yourself like they do give to people now. And I'm happy for the women that they get that chance now. And I wish that we also would have done that back then, you know?
0: Yeah. And so after you'd get done with the Bachelor franchise, like you said, you and your mom ended up on Married to Medicine in Houston. Yeah. What was the deal with that? So you were kind of in the background and she was sort of, she was like a mentor or something.
1: Yeah, she was. So she actually got paid um, more than some of the main cast to be on that show. She got paid more than I got paid, honestly, on any of my shows that I've done. Like, Bravo pays well when you're like a cast, even if she wasn't one of the main girls. So she had fun with that. Um, They had originally wanted me to be more involved with it, but I was actually living in L.A. at the time. And then I came in town for my brother's wedding and like filmed some stuff with them. But I felt like it was really negative, the people on it. And I felt like it wasn't even though um, it's a really suc- like the one in Atlanta, super successful. The casting that they had wanted in Houston didn't work out. A few of the female doctors that were awesome really dropped out last minute. So they kind of like pushed two more in and the women on it were being like super thirsty, but not in a good way. And they were like Mm. just acting out of their egos, but making up weird drama that wasn't even entertaining. So I actually like chose to not, they were like, come stay around, film more. First of all, they weren't paying me to do it. And, um, they called me when I was there for my brother's wedding. One of the producers called me and they're like, this girl, you know, has been so mean to your mom. You need to step in and like help your mom out. And so it just caused me to fight with this one girl. And that doesn't help anyone out in the end. And I still don't like that girl. And I are still not friends. And luckily, I don't I do run around run into her occasionally and she still won't say hi. and It's pretty weird. But um, it's like someone that wants to hold a grudge forever. Basically, she's a nurse now and her husband's a doctor. But Uh, My point is like it was just a negative show and I was really happy when it didn't get picked up for another season because it was so toxic and the people involved were like really letting it go to their head in like a very weird way. Having been on so much reality TV that I've been on, seeing people that felt like the biggest celebrity in the world, even like during filming before it even aired, I was kind of like, wow, y'all's egos are out of control and it hasn't even aired yet. So I felt like it was karma that it didn't get a second season, honestly
0: yeah that, that's really funny that they had egos especially you because like oh it doesn't God. really get any bigger than the bachelor like the bachelor's yeah. the biggest you can be and then they're sort of yeah. filming a show that they don't even know <laughs> is going to be successful mm-hmm. i saw an interview with your mom actually and she said that it was like very produced like because oh yeah some interview was, and she it said it wasn't
1: even good it was so produced like and the drama was so stupid you know it wasn't even interesting drama they produced in that show
0: she said producers would, like, come up in the middle of a scene and go, oh, you got to, like, talk about this, like, go over and do this, and just, like, a lot of...
1: Yeah, it yeah. was like that, and it's funny because one of the producers was is really good, and she's actually working on The Hill's New Beginnings now, but she didn't even, like, being involved with the show. Like, I, she could tell it wasn't gonna be good based on the casting and everything
0: yeah when you went on below deck sailing yacht recently which Mm -hmm. was so fun i think you got like three episodes out of that so was that you were just being yourself because i felt like watching it i felt like because you've been on reality tv before i'm like erica knows what she's doing and she's like i felt like you were kind of like stirring things up for like just funny like like
1: yeah i think i do that like in (laughs) real life too actually even when cameras aren't around that's like my weird person i'm like kind of like dramatic that way, where I do like to cause like drama, like around me, um, which is funny, but I just have always kind of been someone that likes to do that. Um, And so, but it's just funny because on Below Deck, we had to quarantine for eight days before getting on the yacht. So like we were fighting really badly, like at the house and there was no cameras around. But when you're sticking eight women, like in quarantine and like our limited, like our cell reception wasn't working And they had an armed guard at the house, so we thought we were going to sneak into town and everything, and we could not do that. So, like, we were really, like, a lot of the fighting was carried over from the house. And I wanted, I actually tried to resolve it with um, one of my friends before we got on the boat. And I said, like, say anything you have to say about me to my face. But she chose not to. And I had a feeling, because I know her well, that she was going to run around and say things behind my back. And no one told me about it until, like, that one episode when she was running around saying we were jealous of her beauty. That actually didn't make me mad at all because the truth is I thought she looked good. I was, I knew her from before and she had lost a lot of weight and she looked great in her bikini. So that wouldn't have bothered me. Um, what bothered me is the things that my friends told me when she said that they were mad and they said, well, you shouldn't be defending her. I've listened to what she said about you. She'd come to my wedding. Listen to what she said about your husband. And I was like, okay, that's where I draw the line. Cause he's, he supports me doing whatever. he thinks. It's funny that I like to do it. Unlike other guys I dated, he has no problems with me doing it. But he, like, loves to be a lawyer. That's what he loves to do. So he chose to stay home and work. And I didn't appreciate her coming to our wedding, texting me after the wedding, saying, you found your soulmate. I'm so happy for you. And then trying to say that bad things about him on the trip when she doesn't know him. She only met him once at our wedding. And she's still single, you know. So that was really why I got mad at her and turned against her and kind of chose you. So to- this
0: is Bianca, right?
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's why I was mean to her. It wasn't because I'm some mean girl type of girl, it was because like she did that and that was it. I'm sorry, but her husband that you have a child with, that's your family. And so if someone disrespects him, like that that's it, you know? So
0: are you still not friends now since the show?
1: <gasps> We're not friends anymore. Um, I remember when it happened, I told my friend jessica i was like you know this is sad to me because bianca and i were actually really close when we lived in la and i don't think that our friendship is going to recover after this and we talked like um since the below deck ended we were on the same half plane flight home to the u.s and we talked a few times um since then but no we're not friends anymore Yeah, that is sad but people do grow apart and they do change you know and both of us have changed a lot since we were friends
0: were you frustrated for how it sort of played out on the show because people were saying like mean girls and everything and then obviously they don't know that you were already having issues back at the hotel there was like more to it was that frustrating
1: it was frustrating because i know that um it's interesting because when daisy did an interview online or somewhere she had said like i think a lot of the drama started back at the house and she was right about that but then um of course that's not what aired in the show she was just calling it mean girls and this and that but really like I keep in touch with her online and I think she's great at her job and she's great on TV, but I think it's because they narrated it that way also. So Mm -hmm. that's what viewers are going to want to think. But it's funny because guys that I know, like it's random. Like I'll be leaving a restaurant the other day with my husband, a guy came up who I had never known before. And he's like, I love you from below deck. And this other guy in my yoga class said he had watched it. So I feel like a lot of men watch below deck more than, the Bachelor, honestly. Yeah. But the men that watched it told me they thought our, they we seemed fun. And like the guy that I went to yoga with was like, oh, you're so quiet in yoga, but you seem like so much fun to party with, you know. So guys don't get that impression. But women, um, mainly on Instagram, were like, oh, how could you guys try to be empowering? You were so mean to your friend. It made me cry for her. And I'm like, don't cry for her because there's a lot of stuff you didn't see, number one. And you should think people should think logically if every single person on a trip has the problem with one person do you think the problem is everyone or the one person I guess it's the one person you know but people don't think like that
0: which is yeah I think like that when (laughs) I watch shows because I know people on reality Mm -hmm. tv so I like I kind of know how how, like when I see certain things I'm like okay I can see how it's probably played out in real life compared to how it's been edited yeah Um, exactly I wanted to ask you about uh bianca coming out in the trump bikini which i thought was really funny like i, did too. I died when yeah. you did that and you were going tatas for trump and you mm-hmm. were like <laughs> singing and i just thought that that was like very ballsy to do because like especially on a network like bravo because no one would usually do that was that like a thing that you guys had like planned so to do for that tv was like
1: her so sh- that was her idea but she did tell me about it at the house And yeah, that's part of me, I guess, thinking, wow, that's going to be funny. And so I did encourage her to do that. And I wasn't thinking that people, I guess I just really wasn't thinking in the moment people were going to get so mad. But um, I just really thought of saying like, Tata's for Trump because of her boobs, you know, honestly, and they were looking good in the bikini and showing off. And so I was saying that kind of more as like, that's her thing. Like, I was just wearing a dress, like you know, it wasn't my thing to be like titties for Trump. But I was making that like her catchphrase. But I thought it was really funny that when it aired, people were telling me and they were interpreting it so weird. They're like, you wanted to show your boobs to Donald Trump. How can you say that, you know, you're for women? How do you have daughters? I'm like, we never said we wanted to show him our boobs. That was just like a saying. And we were super we had so much to drink at that point. We were pretty drunk, honestly, because they had us um, drinking a lot at this restaurant before getting on the boat. So like, Yeah. Like we were just being funny and having a good time. And I really didn't know why that my friends were so upset. But now looking back, I could understand why my friend at the time was like, she had told her not to wear the bikini ahead of time. I didn't know about that because they were in the same room. Um, and so that's why they were mad because they knew it would reflect on all of us, I guess, except the ones that spoke out about it. But that was something I didn't mind, honestly. Um, because I always get
0: backlash. Yeah, I
1: did. For sure. Um, Because like politically, I'm actually the funny thing is I'm actually pretty random politically. Like in 2016, I even voted for Hillary. And like in the primaries, I voted for Bernie Sanders. So I like don't really make sense at all. Whenever I do something politically, like I'm not consistent. So I'm not even like a hardcore Trump supporter. But I have I have been a fan of his since he was like on The Apprentice, you know? Yeah. Um, And I like him. But uh, yeah, I thought some of the things he even did towards the end of the presidency were crazy, to be honest. But I did get a lot of backlash because of that, because um, on different Instagram posts, I had said, like, I love Kamala Harris. She's such an empowered female. And people don't understand that. They think that's fake if I could really love her and think he's funny also and said what I said. But that's just how I am, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I know. It's funny me being Australian and then I cover a lot of American stuff and a lot of my listeners are American and I've become more comfortable just saying what I want to say now. But Sometimes I would be nervous to even just, like, make a joke about oh, Trump, yeah. like, something that I think's funny, because I'm like, someone's going to overreact and be, like, oversensitive to it, and it's like, it's just, you know, like, you can see the humour in things you don't have yeah. to agree with everything they do like when you did the trump when you came in that trump bikini like i died i'm funny,
1: like funny right yeah
0: i was like this is gold because i was yeah. like no one else would have the balls to like yeah. come on a bravo and be like <laughs> for Trump. So
1: i thought it was that's why i was proud of her for doing it and then i was like you guys let her express herself because she genuinely was a big fan of his and she actually did tell me ahead of time that um don jr is single he's divorced he has a girlfriend but he's not married and she said like i want to catch his attention so like I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. Like this might get back to him. So I was like supportive of her as a friend doing that, because that was also before they had told me the things she said. So I wasn't really mad at her at that point. So I was like super supportive of that situation. And I thought it was funny. And I thought it would be good on TV, you know, but also he didn't get elected. So now I don't know why people are still mad, because they are. And I'm like, you guys, He didn't win. You won. Like, move on. The election's over. Yeah, people are still so riled up about it, which doesn't make sense to me. You know?
0: Yeah, I know. And I can't can't believe she actually thought that she was going to get Don Jr.'s attention in the beginning. That's funny.
1: It was really funny. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, what if it got back to him? That would be so funny
0: i know i mean i can see donald
1: trump loving it if he ever saw it he would be like really oh he would
0: love that he He, (laughs) if he hadn't been if he hadn't been banned from twitter he probably would have like tweeted like a gif of that or something i know
1: that would be great i'm so sad (laughs) could you (laughs) that would have been so funny
0: i would have loved that can um could you tell that there was drama and stuff going on between the crew while you were filming? or
1: No, so we could a little bit. Um, I didn't pick up on the specific drama between Sydney, Gary and um, Allie, but Jess knew about it. And we didn't know everything, but we, um, Sydney, I think, had confided in her about it. So we were like, Sydney's so cute. Like she had sung that really cute song about us. She was really pretty. It's weird because I don't think it shows up on camera how beautiful she actually is. Yeah. But we were like, she's the best girl ever. And we knew that at that point, Allie wasn't into him because that part was obvious. So we didn't know like the whole weird story of it and the drama. But all we knew is that Sydney was into Gary and he wasn't into her. And I was like, Gary's not even that cute. Like um, he looks cuter on camera, honestly. But I thought JL was the cuter, cuter one. Um, yeah. We but we did. didn't know the drama. We knew that JL and Danny were dating, but that was it. There wasn't really drama with them at that point. Um, but we did think like, how could Gary not be nice to Sydney? She's so great. So like as women, that's what, how we were feeling about it. And Gary was even flirting with one of my friends, which didn't show up on camera. Oh. And gave one of my friends his number. Yeah. So he's oh, a player, I, which yeah. I don't blame him. He should be He's single, but <laughs> it was just funny to me.
0: <laughs> that yeah that's juicy actually knowing that because now it kind of makes more sense why Ali was so upset and yeah. even sydney was so upset like you kind of like maybe gary's the issue yeah um,
1: he's a play i mean let him be a player why not he's enjoying himself he's in his place, yeah. i think he's not married you know so y-
0: you obviously have a good relationship with bravo have you ever been in talks about like real housewives of dallas or anything because i feel like you would be like perfect for that show
1: That's funny because I was actually just in Dallas this week at an event um, that my friend from L.A. was throwing. So it was like a real L.A. event, but it was in Dallas. And a few of the Dallas housewives were there. um, And I became friends with this one, Deandra. I think she's coming back. I don't keep up with. Yeah, she is. But as far as I know, she is. And she's really she was I was surprised, actually, how beautiful that she is in person, because that's another person that. Um, I told her like, this could be annoying to hear because people have said it to me before when they say, oh my gosh, you look so much better in person. You don't know if that's a comment, a compliment or an insult because it's like, are you saying that you look terrible on camera? Maybe, but she was she's really pretty and I didn't know that watching the show um, and I really liked her. But anyway, so we're going to hang out and go to another party together soon in Dallas and our law firm just opened up a Dallas office, the one that my husband and I have. So yeah, you never know. I'm putting that energy out there. Um, so I have talked with a few people. I know that they already wrapped on the current season that hasn't aired yet. So it wouldn't be anytime soon, but maybe in the future, because I don't think that there's going to be a real housewives in Houston. You never know. It's um, too close, probably. It's too close. Yeah, and Houston just isn't, it doesn't have, like, the coolness factor. Just even in my opinion, when I go to Dallas, I'm like, it's so much cooler. (laughs) So um, it's a possibility for sure, but nothing official yet.
0: Yeah. Maybe you'd pop up as, like, a friend or something on Dallas, like, at some events and things. That would be. Do you still have Any contact with the Bachelor franchise? Like obviously you're, you know, married now and everything, so Mm -hmm. it's not like you're gonna be back on paradise. But are you still like friendly with the Bachelor people or anything? So
1: I actually the funny thing is, um, weirdly of me, I guess. Like last summer, I like I don't know what was up with me, but somehow I felt like compelled to text Mike Vice because I have his cell. I have Chris Harrison's cell back then. Like we all had each other's cell. I bet they don't give it out anymore. But anyway. I felt the need to text him and be like, this was over a year ago. So maybe it was like not this past April, but the one before. I think maybe because COVID happened and we were like on lockdown and who knows. But I text him. I'm like, you know, you never really publicly apologized, And you never apologize to me for the Egg Toss Challenge. The reason it came up now that I think about it is one of my friends, Melissa, from Bachelor Pad had went on Reality Steve's podcast and they brought up the Egg Toss Challenge And Steve said, you know, that would never happen now. Something like that would never happen in the Bachelor franchise because like people aren't allowed to disrespect women like that anymore because they're not. And so I was like, you know what? That's not fair to me that I had to go through that. And now they're all into apologizing and they're into being woke and all the stuff they do and being mindful, which is a good thing. They should be, but they should be authentic about it and not just doing it because it's keeping up with the times. And he did privately um, text me an apology. I have it saved. Um, He acknowledged it was wrong. And, you know, I was like, it would have been cool if he publicly did that. But at the same time, at least he owned up to it privately to me. So it kind of helped provide some closure, you know. Um, But I keep in touch with him. I keep in touch with this other producer and um, haven't talked to Chris. People ask, have you talked to Chris since he was fired and all that stuff? No, I haven't. Um, We're friendly. We were friendly, but not close like that to where I'm, like, someone that would reach out to him about that. And I don't, like, have a true opinion on that situation because I don't know his thoughts, you know? So people are saying, what do you think his intentions were? Like, I can't speak for him because I know I'm kind of on a more surface level.
0: I kind of think it's bullshit. I don't think he should have been fired. And I also and i feel like they they were like look we want you to come on this show and we're having all these like pr issues with um rachel and matt so come on and like defend the bachelor so he went in right. there to like defend the franchise and then yeah. it played out as it did and then when it didn't work instead of like mm-hmm. backing him they were like oh you're toxic now like goodbye right. That's and- how they are
1: they're just going evol- to they they uh, you know they've survived this long on re- is like a successful show so they are going with the flow they you know and so if chris is out then he's out <laughs> And that was a little surprising to me because they were all so close with him. It didn't feel like they were going to turn on him, but, you know, they did. And knowing the producers that I know, it doesn't exactly surprise me either, you know?
0: They may have felt like this was a good opportunity to be able to, like, get rid of him and bring in someone younger. And maybe it was something that they had considered, but they thought, oh, we don't know how we're going to be able to do it. And then when this happened, they may have thought, oh, look, this is the opportunity that we need but i think that i read i don't know 100 percent but i think that he's got like uh, some huge payout and he should
1: be because like you know from a legal perspective yeah he should get paid if he was making five million a year they say you know five years of that is 25 million so that's a fair price it sounds like a lot but it is not unreasonable for him to ask for that and a lot of people are upset about it and like i guess i'm kind of like i don't have like a strong I'm not like enraged about it or I'm not like, that's great. Like, I'm just sort of like, you know, I'm removed from it. So like, I'm not close enough with him or the franchise anymore to feel so strongly one way or the next about it. But like, it doesn't shock me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not shocked about it knowing the producers that I know and how they are and like survivalistic they are as a franchise.
0: Do you know any of the like newer Bachelor contestants or is that just like a whole separate world and you just sort of know like the old school Bachelor people?
1: It's kind of, I know the local ones um, in Houston, they'll come like randomly, like for real. I was like at Chick-fil-A with my daughter a couple of years ago and I met this girl that was on at Peter's season. Her name's Jasmine. She's super cute. Um, and she ran up to me and she's like, I just finished filming Peter's season, you know, and she went and yeah. she like knew that I'd been on the show, even though she's more than 10, she's 10 years younger than me. But we reached out, she reached out and we became friends. And then actually, this is crazy. Um, a different contestant asked me to represent him and I'm still am. This guy, and he's publicly tweeted that I'm his lawyer, so that's the only reason I could say it. But he, his name's James Taylor. He was actually on JoJo's season, James McCoy Taylor. And so this is a crazy thing. He was written about from Us Weekly and other things saying that he had been at this, um, at the Trump riots in D.C. And he wasn't, oh. There. He
0: wasn't there. Oh, wow. He,
1: he's a very public Trump supporter. He's a musician. He, like, wrote this really, really talented song, actually, about Trump. And he, like, loves Trump. But... He actually was on a ski trip the day of the insurrection. But he did he did tweet, I'm going to be there, guys. I'm planning on coming. And then luckily, last minute, his girlfriend's like, no, babe, let's go on the ski trip. And so certain news outlets confirmed. They said, like, they confirmed that he was there. But they never reached out to him to confirm. Instead, they called Ben Higgins. And they're like, Ben, what do you think of him being there? And that's, like, not how these press people work. Because I've dealt with them myself. Like, when we got married, when we got a baby, they always reach out and confirm. So, yeah. um, from a, from that perspective, that's why I'm representing him. But, so, yeah, well, it sounds I like they had people. an agenda.
0: Like they, they knew it was a good story for them to mm-hmm. place a bachelor contestant there. So for instead sure. of, and they were probably, I feel like with how um riled up people get about politics, especially people like in the media, like they yeah. probably already in their head they were like he was there, like instead exactly. of reaching out to him, like, well, he had just- planned
1: on- he had tweeted that he planned on going. so I was like, you. I wasn't his lawyer at the time, of course. So I would have said, you know, you I told him in hindsight, you should have tweeted the day of that you ended up being on your ski trip, posted pictures of your ski trip, done all that stuff to mitigate the damages, but hindsight's twenty twenty as they say, you know. So because he has a ski trip now. Yes. But he sent them to me. I like a fact check. And I'm not representing him from the perspective of defending him because you no know, everyone knows he wasn't there. Like no one's charging him officially with being there. It's just it has harmed his reputation and it's harmed his influencing career and it's harmed him, um, his ticket sale. I mean, there aren't concerts in 2020, but it's harmed his iTunes downloads. I can't say really ticket sales. But so that is how he supported himself and like he has lost out on like actual influencer contracts he sent me so it's like a real thing like there's real damages that have happened because it's one thing to be a public trump supporter like you know my friend bianca like him and be proud about it and it's a very other thing to be part of a violent insurrection that's illegal that is against his own morals you know what i'm saying so there are two yeah. different things but some people don't get that like on twitter and other people are saying oh who cares if they said he was there you know he's he likes trump so that's the same thing they're then they're telling me. You're an insurrect. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm a lawyer. Like I would never, you know, people are when they get into that mentality, like us versus them, like seeing it that way, like liberal versus Republican, like then they really are blindsided and they cannot even see things from a factual perspective. But even then, yeah, I do keep up. I mean, I don't really go out of my way. It is like a cult, but I don't go out of my way to befriend the new contestants. But like, for example, I did start following Corinne on social media and message with her and like, you know, know like we know each other. But um, not like I don't like literally like they're old. They're like over 10 years younger than me now. So it's not like I follow the newer ones unless they come reach out to me like locally or something like that. Um, I don't like go out of my way because it would be weird. I feel like we've all I've moved on now that like I said, I'm more of a fan of the housewives these days, even the hills because they're married and they have kids. So it's more relatable at this point in my life to me. You know, I, I actually like try to keep up with the Bachelorette like I but I have I keep up with it. Like when I know when it airs and I'll watch like five minutes of it, but I haven't even fully watched the episode that already aired, even though I thought I just watched it for a second. And I was like, you know, I thought Tasia and Caitlyn, and I met Caitlin before just at different events. I thought they did a great job. Um, I thought they were yeah. cute.
0: It would be fun to have people like you and some of more of the OGs like back on the show, because I noticed when they bring people back now, except they still bring back Sean and Catherine, but yeah, besides that, they besides bring back that. the newer people all That's the time. True, it's like the person from last season. It's like, well, why mm-hmm. don't you bring back some of kind of the icons like you and Courtney and cute. have you come in and I don't know, like do a challenge or something, you know what I mean, I, like? That
1: would be fun if, if they asked us to, of course, I would be happy to do it. But they, have, yeah. but they do. You know, they know how to reach me. Like I said, they have my snap, yeah. They have my Twitter. Like, <laughs> they can find us if they want to.
0: So, look, you're a lawyer now. You have your own law firm, and you know, I feel like you really did become, you know, the legally blonde character that you were sort of playing yeah. in the early days on TV. I know it's funny. What do you think about Kim Kardashian's legal career? Because I know that she failed the baby bar, yeah. like, you know, twice now. Like, what are your thoughts? Do so you have I advice was actually, for her? I actually like,
1: as, mean, as weird as this sounds, I found it um, refreshing that she didn't pass it because it's the hardest, but California is the hardest bar exam in the country. So she is like a superhuman, but at the same time, she's still a human. And so, yeah, my only advice for her is when I had to come and pass my Texas bar exam, I was actually, I passed it when I was five days away from giving birth to my second daughter, Aspen, because I really had to shut my life down. And the only time I was willing to do that was literally being nine months pregnant that whole summer. I didn't want to see anyone. Like, I was huge. I was pregnant. And I knew, like, okay, it's going to be easier me being pregnant. Then once the baby's out, I'm gonna have two kids. That's gonna be so hard. So you really have to shut your life down for three months, even more than she thought she did. Like she was still filming the show. When I saw her doing that on the show, I was like, I don't think she's gonna pass because like, that's even not wearing makeup and filming your life isn't shut down. Like my friends would say, when could I see you? Let's do lunch. Let's do coffee. And I'd say, come visit me in the hospital after I give birth. Because that was five days after the bar. Like they're like, you don't even have time for a quick coffee. And I'd have to be like aggressive about it. I'd say, no, I don't. But I was also married at that point. So my husband and I studied for the bar exam together. In the past, it was always like my dating life distracting me. Like even if I had a boyfriend and he'd be like, I'm so supportive of you taking the bar. I remember this one boyfriend. I was studying for the California bar and I actually didn't pass it. I took it once and didn't pass it because and I'm not blaming it on him, but I was taking the February bar. It was Valentine's Day weekend. It was two weeks before the bar. And he's like, I'm going to have a really quiet night for us. It was in L.A. We're going to go get massages at my house, whatever. He came. We're going to Vegas for the night. He was opening up this nightclub there, and I was like, okay, you know, I really liked this guy. And I was still back the next day in time for my tutoring. But when I had told my tutor, like I was in Vegas, he's like, oh gosh, like you're not gonna pass this. He's like, I'm. I'm like, why I'm back. He's like, still the mentality of being in Vegas even less than 24 hours, like that's not cool. You know, you're not gonna do it, and I didn't pass. And so I feel like. Now she's single. It just might not be the right time for her. Like, she's going through her divorce. She has four kids. Maybe now that the show's wrapped, if she really can with four kids, it's going to be hard. But if she really can, like, stop her filming, stop her tweeting, have her assistants handle everything and, like, hibernate. She has the best tutors in the country. I know the guy that's her tutor. He, like, wrote the California bar course and, like, is the online lecturer. So... It's the hardest bar in the country to pass. Um, so I don't blame her for not passing it and I don't judge her at all. Like I said it's relatable to me and I think she can do it, but it it sucks. like there was nothing fun about shutting your life down at all like that.
0: Yeah, I think that what she should do, I mean, she could just let it go now, but I feel yeah. like since she's publicly committed to it and everything, and mm-hmm. it would probably, even though she's getting all of this outside help, it would just, right. I think it would look good for her image to pass it, so I just yeah. feel like she should do whatever she has to do. I think
1: she should take a different state? Because, like, Texas is actually one of the top five hardest, so it's not like I ran off and passed an easier one, but there's a uniform bar exam that actually New York does, and many and now Texas actually switched to the UBE, but when I passed it wasn't that California is not on the UBE yet, but I think she could pass the UBE. I have many well, friends. said
0: she's doing the baby that. bar, which is oh, like. Oh,
1: yeah. So that's that's even, so that is even harder to pass. than So California is like the only state that lets you do that, but that's actually just as hard as the California bar to pass. So oh. she either will have to go to law school since then, you know, for three years or however fast she can do it or pass that. I think she'll be able to do it, but she just needs to keep going.
0: Yeah, I think she should do it just for her image. She's publicly mm-hmm. committed to it. You don't want to, yeah. especially with the way that she gets criticized, like, you don't want it to be like, no. oh, ha, ha you That's didn't how I felt, it.
1: honestly, too, because I had put it out there that I was studying for my bar. And I did it even the last time to hold myself accountable to pass. And I was like, you guys, I put on my Facebook, but I'm like, y'all, this is embarrassing. Like, I graduated from law school in 2012. And I think I passed the bar wow, in 28, I graduated. So I got, I got my LLM in 2014. So it's not that bad, but five years, four years later. Yeah. in 2018 is when I passed the Texas bar, but I posted about it on Facebook. I'm like, this is super embarrassing, but I have to shut my life down. And I'm letting guys, like, I wanted like my Facebook friends or whoever to hold me accountable, but you, she has like the country and the world holding her accountable, but yeah, like it is helpful. um, but at the same time, like I said, I would be shocked if she would have passed it on her first try. I would have been like, wow, she's a genius. She's superhuman. Like, that's crazy. So I don't I don't think it means anything about her intelligence. I just think she's so busy, you know? Yeah. And she didn't. Filming without makeup on is not shutting your life down. Like, the way she was filming, you know, not in makeup. I'm studying. That's, that's not. I, like, was like that two different times I was studying for it. And, no, that's not what it takes. Like, you literally have to, like, hibernate you know, behind closed doors and not even film for three months. Yeah. Set. You just do.
0: So what's next for you? Like, do you, are you looking at more TV? Are you just, you know, focused on, you know, moving house and doing your, you know, legal career? Like, what are you looking uh, at? I
1: really love, like, the truth is I really love doing reality TV and that's just, like, I don't know why. Um, Like, it's weird, <laughs> but, like, it's just, like, my weird hobby. But, like, we had so much fun doing Below Deck, so I know that it is something I want to keep doing. But, yeah, I would like to do something... Like a Real Housewives, if it were in Houston or even Dallas or wherever, where I could incorporate. It was so fun with me having my daughter, Holland, um, on the red carpet the other day at the Dallas event. And actually, it was so cute. She and this, like, fashion designer son were hanging out. And there's been, like, pictures of it from the event on different online tabloids, like, Daily, whatever. But I love having my kids with me. Like, I didn't like being on the trip away from them. So anything I do, I would love to incorporate like my husband because he's a he's really funny. He's a character. He's a serious lawyer, but he's funny like as a person. And my kids are so cute. I have two daughters and they're really pretty. So it's like, of course, I would want to do something involving them. But I'm not at this point. I'm not trying to produce my own thing. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just like, yeah, I'm so busy in real life that I'm going to see what happens. But I'm also like doing helpful things like I convinced him that we should open up an office in Dallas. And we really did that while I was there. Like I found the space and we're like starting our marketing there. So of course I'm like, p- you know, putting my feelers out, but I'm not like aggressively like making, trying to make something happen. Cause I feel like I'm super into manifesting and fade and karma and all that stuff and astrology. So I kind of just like, know that it will work out within like the next six months. So that's just what I'm about <laughs> right now. You know,
0: according <laughs> to my that.
1: astrologer, but Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun to talk to you. Like, you actually, I think before you even popped up again on Below Deck, I had you in mind of, like, someone I wanted to interview, because I just think that your career in reality TV has been really interesting for, like, how long that it's been, and, like, the different networks you've been on. Like, you've kind of, like, been a part of the, like, you've done VH1, you've done, like, Bachelor, and you've done, like, Bravo. Like, not many people (laughs) can say that. Yeah, I know it's been fun. I love it. And yeah, tell people where they can find you. I know you've got a podcast. Uh,
1: Yeah. So my friend Jess and I, who was on your cut off and below deck with me, Jess Amato, we do cutting loose podcast. So you can find us on Instagram. My Instagram is at Erica, the Rose with a C.
0: Great. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.